I want to watch Minority Report with my friends at Throwback to School. That's right. It is Throwback to School, the podcast where we talk about stuff we like in high school and we find out if it's good anymore or not. I am uh, the the one of the dumber precogs, Andrew, and with me is... <laughs> the other dumber precog? Mm-mm, mm-mm. You're the smart oh. precog. I'm the Agatha? You're the Agatha, oh. yeah. I feel so special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you see it? <laughs> um, this is me, Agatha. Yeah, aka Liza. Ah, we're rebranding. Welcome. We're rebranding you to Agatha from now on in the podcast. <laughs> uh, get in, losers. We're podcasting. I for- keep forgetting our new slogan, but um, that's right. Gonna do rebranding. Liza, what up? How you doing? I am doing all right. Uh, how about you? Doing pretty good. Uh, watched this movie yesterday for the very first time in my entire Nuh-uh. life. Yeah. I had never seen the the movie Minority Report ever. Oh, my God. Oh, God. How did I not know that? I did not know that when I picked it. Wow. You, what you a surprise. Is this a surprise for us? Whoa. So you're not much of a precog then if you didn't know I had never seen this movie. <laughs> I guess the precogs were were only geared towards seeing Prime. murders and not like what movies I hadn't seen. <laughs> yeah, it's really not an all-encompassing that, power. That's an interesting minority report, a new like precog thing of like like <laughs> just like three people who can see the future but they only know what movies people haven't seen, so like <laughs> like one of them starts like flipping out and then like a bunch of balls drop and it says Andrew Takahashi and then the other ball comes and it's all three godfathers. <laughs> and then like every every guy who's like, oh, fuck godfather, they get mad at me and beat me up outside. Wait, so they like in this in this version, in this like reboot of Minority Report you're you're serving us today, there's like a team of people waiting for those balls to then like launch a whole squat SWAT team to your house to it's, force you to watch the movie. It's all it's all um it's all guys from frat houses and it's it's when the movie it's when uh, Scarface, the ball for Scarface comes down. They find out I haven't seen that yet, and then all the guys with Scarface posters in their dorm rooms come charging <laughs> at me because it's like the biggest fan. Yeah, group. It would be of a, of like, whatever movie. Like yeah. you've if if you had never seen, I don't know. Ten years ago would have been Fight Club, right? Or Here you uh, go. Donnie Darko. Like uh, even though I have seen those movies, it would be like that sort of, um, that sort of caliber of movie where it's like, it's fine, but like dorm dorm boys have like taken to it to be like their like their mission their mission in life to make sure that every girl they talk to has seen oh you haven't seen scarface you gotta come to my dorm room we're gonna watch it it's so cool he does cocaine and then he's like guns you know i haven't again i have not seen scarface so, (laughs) so i have not seen big mountains of cocaine in my life but um i have not seen scarface but i will say that the best thing that scarface has given us is that line in the lonely island and michael bolton song which is uh when he's uh the it's the jack sparrow song that they do (laughs) Uh and it's it's when like you know the whole song is about how michael bolton is like ridiculously into the pirates of the caribbean movies 
Right. And then it just turns out he just really loves movies. And so he starts like, like Andy Samberg says, like, you know, we need to talk about something else. And so he just starts talking about other movies in the song. <laughs> and so um, he's like, you know, uh, I forget what the line is. Uh, okay, I'm in, I'm a legal aid. Aaron Brockovich is my name, and you can call me Scarface, snorting mountains of cocaine. And it's just oh like God. it's this like cut of Michael Bolton dressed up in all these different outfits from different movies, <laughs> and the Scarface one. He's in this you know the Scarface suit. He just has this uh-huh. desk that is just a mountain of cocaine on it, and just like fl- like throwing it in his face. It's anyways. Anyway, wow, I very could, wholesome. So Minority Report, right? Um, anyway. <laughs> Minority Report came out in 2002, starring Tommy Cruise. That's right. Steven I was Sp- not in high school then, but I uh, was. high school is the last time I saw this movie. And so. uh, directed by Senor Spielbergo. That's right. A little a little indie mm, director. Yeah. You may have heard of him. Uh, Steven S., the director. <laughs> Uh, it is, yeah. So Tom, Tom C, Colin F, Farrell. That's right. Uh, Neil, McDon- Neil McDonough, the actress from the TV show Cold Case, which I had for- I had not seen her in like 10 years. So it was interesting to remember her. I don't remember okay, her name. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I watched a surprisingly amount, surprising amount of Cold Case episodes. Mm-hmm. And I had never put it together that it was her until this week, where I was like, wait a minute. Hold on a sec. This lady looks familiar. She just <laughs> doesn't have the right color hair. Yep. Um, it, it was... And then I looked at it, I was like, God damn it, it's the lady from Cold Case. I, again, another, like, same. I have watched a surprising amount of episodes of Cold Case, not recently. No. But it was when I went to England in 2007 with my mom and like at night we're both at this point i think i was like a huge insomniac and my mom was having sleeping problems because we had just gone to london so we're both like watching tv and like there was just a one of the bbc's just played like old procedural you know shows from the u.s so like bones and cold case and these shows so i got really into cold case on vacation (laughs) in london so that's so random who who knows why but yeah, so the actress from Cold Case, I don't remember her name, but um, mm. yeah, it's about, it takes place in the far distant future of 2054. I which, know. Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, so it's not, they don't tell you the year right away, I don't think, but then you, you sort of like put it together because they talk about. No, they tell like, you, they tell you right away. Oh, they do? They okay, I, well, a, I didn't pay attention. There's, there's a Chiron that says 2054, like really oh, early in okay. the movie, so it's like. Like, and it, it's, like, they show, so, like, the f- opening scene is this, like, flash, you know, these flashing shots of this murder, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, it's in a house that looks not that different from, like, a house you'd see today. So, it's, like, it, you know, and then they sh- they flash the year 2054, and then they, and then immediately they, f- they show this, like, extremely high-tech, mm-hmm. um, you know, police uh, precinct with, like, flying cars and, like, mm-hmm all these different things. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> I know this movie was made now 20 years ago from now. So like, yeah. it's not that unrealistic to think in 50 years, we're going to have all this stuff. But like to think that in 30 years, we're going to have flying cars and like, you know, jet, like 
uh, like jetpacks you can just like f- shoot out of the top of a building with and like fly to where the crimes are nah no 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 i know i like it was kind of gross to think about like 2054 from now is only like 30 plus years Mm -hmm. and we will be around and hopefully (laughs) um that is a that cross your fingers that we're all still in existence (laughs) in 34 years but but like what like that's so weird i now i'm like i feel like this is the version of folks that were like our age when back to the future 2 came out Mm -hmm. and they were so in in the second one he goes to 2015 right yeah where there's also flying cars boards and um michael jackson is a waiter on a tv and like all this all these different things and and then when 2015 came up in our reality it was like yeah right <laughs> i yeah, think right. it's gonna be the same with minority report where you're, like we're gonna get to 2054 and like people will still not know how to recycle so like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be we'll be That's still the, like standard but <laughs> we'll still be convincing somebody to like not buy like gas-powered cars in 2054 right. like it, there will still be somebody who's like you know, like, yeah, I know electric cars and hybrids are, like, really better for the environment and, like, probably at that point much cheaper, but, like, I'd like my gas guzzler. Sorry. (laughs) Diesel for life. Yeah. And then all of us are just like, God, if you would just get rid of your truck, we could have flying cars. You're holding us back. (laughs) I was surprised to see that the the cars that they, it's all, like, the same type of car. There's no, like, in this movie there's mm-hmm. there's no like variety of type of car it's all like this one thing and they like look like they they drive on their own but you can also drive them yourself yeah i don't know whatever the logic is there uh but they kind of look like teslas to mm-hmm. me and i was like okay <laughs> it's very funny in this movie by the way what in that amount of time has been turned into like high-tech nonsense and what is just like the same you know like they have you know like i said we have they have flying these like flying hover cars they have like jet packs that they like shoot out of the building out of and they have these these beings that are are precogs that like live in like like hyper milk or something that keep them alive and sustained but then there's just like still like you know like a house that you would see like 20 years ago and like right. parks like everything else about the world looks the same except like the highways technology and the one police precinct like everything uh-huh. else is like you know they have the and i always think this is very funny that like the the sort of like co- the wink wink commentary on society mm-hmm. is like you walk through a a hallway and there's these targeted ads, you know, Aquafina. Oh, that say your name. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like when Tom Cruise walks into a thing, goes, you know, hello, Mr. Yakamoto. How did you like yeah. the, the pants we got you? And, like, that is, it's sort of like a, you know, like a, a dumb director or screenwriter would be like, we're just making a commentary on, but also, like, the movie's probably funded by Aquafina and The Gap and, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> So it's like, they're like, you know, we're just showing you like what the hyper realism of consumerism, but it's also like, we're getting money from Pepsi or whoever. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, I always laugh when I see that in movies. Yeah. It feels very like, 
disingenuine because you know that mm-hmm. they can't put they can't actually use the face of that brand right. without that brand yeah. giving them cash so it's like okay like <laughs> right as they're like writing it in on in the script like okay then john walks into a hallway and it there's a big aquafina thing and then like you're like they're getting like a check off screen and, okay and thank you and aquafina <laughs> yeah. trademark he takes a big sip of Pepsi Cola. Yum. And he looks right into camera and he smiles. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> and he uses the wrong slogan for a different company, but who cares? I'm Steven Spielberg. Ka-ching! The end. Um, so the movie is, why don't you give us a, a synopsis of Minority Report? What oh, happens boy. in this? Just okay, I'm gonna quick, try. Just a very, I mean, like it's such a simple plot. So just a quick, <laughs> brief synopsis of the plot. Just very easy. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Okay. So Tom Cruise is a what they call a pre-cop. It's a cop. It's a detective, but they call it pre-cop because he's in a branch of the police department, but only in one city. Yep. I have some questions about like how that works. Um, they they have by then by 2054 they have come up with a way to predict violent crimes before they happen murder only murder because they make a very they make a very clear point it doesn't include assaults or rapes it's only murder okay and suicides like it doesn't include those three things but it doesn't it's only murders so right and um and but it would be for both uh like um premeditated predilected, pre- premeditated murders and also passion like crime passion mm-hmm. whatever they call that like spur of the moment crimes or murders um anyway so they they have a whole system that's like they kind of show it as like it's flawless and also we've thought it through like there's um uh judges or like lawyers that are like tapped into the call right away when there's like okay a new case comes on they have a prediction they like skype to not not uh there's no ad for skype but it could be (laughs) that that would be a good like if they wanted to really pack in all the brands they could have easily been like anyway and then i'm called them via skype on my samsung tv (laughs) um (laughs) uh so they they like the movie starts where they sort of show you this like quote-unquote flawless system where they they get a prediction of a crime they only get the visuals of the dream that the these precog three folks that are not presented as human beings at first they're sort of presented as these like i don't know organic machines that Mm -hmm. we pull information from and that we just like keep alive in a like you said uh hyper milk and so they only get the visual and then tom cruise is really good at using his hands to move around the screen stuff (laughs) and zoom and like that's very like i feel like that part is very uh like procedural 
like CSI shit where they're like, enhance, enhance. And you're like, there's no more to enhance. Like you just get pixels. I wonder if at a certain, (laughs) I wonder if that was like his, like while he was filming, he like really wanted like, cause it is like, he's doing it so much, like move this here and rotate this. And he's like moving his hands so much. And I wonder if that was like a thing where he was like, what do you think about, hey, Steven, hey, Steven, (laughs) what do you think about me uh, moving this screen around and blah, blah, blah. And like, he's just, yeah, I wonder if that was like a Tom Cruise note. Move. Oh, maybe. What if I. And (laughs) (laughs) Um, and anyway, so the the only information they get is visual because they only get like, well, they get visual and sound maybe of this dream that they're having and it's sort of blurry and it's not in the right order and so they use the images to figure out and they know the name of the victim mm-hmm. no they know that no the, the, they know the name well, yeah of, of the, the victim, victim and the perpetrator okay and they come out on those two different ball things that's such like a weird concept too anyway we can move on um <laughs> who's supplying these so, like marbles that get you know grafted but also, like, who's the dude? Because you know it's a dude. That's like, okay, so this is how we get the information. There's this ball that falls out like a fucking like Rudberg machine of like this marble, and then it's like etched in. That and it's like, what do you do with that ball after? Yeah. Like, it's like, does yeah. it? Could it just be like another like notification on your screen? Yeah, like, there's <laughs> there's no reason why it can't be a digital, you know, name here, name here, yeah. and like. <laughs> It would be faster too. Like a lot of these crimes are like, gosh, we only have like 15 minutes until this is supposed to happen. And like, right. those are valuable seconds where it's like, okay, here comes the ball. It's like rolling down. Okay. It looks okay. like the lotto. Yeah, exactly. And then like somebody has to like turn the ball to see the name. And you know, it's just like, yeah, like just flash it on the fucking screen. Just say yeah. like, yeah, Bill, Bill Jenkins is going to kill Natasha Johnson. And like, instead yeah. it's like, Okay, here we go. Wait for the name. It's and, coming uh, down. And they're all like, yeah, Ooh, it's red. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so you're right. They have a time frame because usually, so they also like sort of quickly explain that um, premeditated murders don't really happen anymore because they have been doing the system for so long that like people have caught on or whatever. And so they don't really predict to kill anybody anymore. It's Most of the cases they get are these like, passion crime yeah spur the moment stuff so then they only get 15 or so minutes to figure out who it is where to go and then get there and arrest the person uh and so you that's the first like half hour of this movie is like showing you this is the flaw the quote-unquote flawless system um of how they figure out so they get names but then they still have to like narrow down to who so if it's like a very popular name then they try to like narrow down to like race or whatever the, if they do get the face of the person on the dream then they narrow down to that person and then they get the address it's the wrong address but then they like figure out how to get where they live and then they get there and it's like pretty much the whole half hour is showing you how the system works but also like how special detective Tom Cruise is. is like he's it's one of the it's like a trope that happens a lot, with, especially with cop shows where there's always like the detective is like the smartest person in the world. And then their team is a bunch of fucking like Inept cake eating dummies. Yeah. dummies. Like they couldn't even get a desk job at a like 
mail sorting company or some shit. Like, like they're like, like somehow they're just the biggest dummies. It's like twelve guys who Tom Cruise would be like, are oh, they beefy as fuck? And but they're all like stuck in the break room with like donuts in their mouths, like, huh? yeah. no. <laughs> Even they're like, it's like obvious. I don't know. It's, whatever. Um, Basically, the so entire the, first... the entire unit would like fail without Tom. Involved. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's just showing you how the system works. They do arrest the guy. The cog in the machine. There's two things that happen. They're like kind of the main like pivoters of the story is that Colin Farrell shows up, who's a federal appointed agent. He's working for representing the, the justice. Yeah, he's he represents fuck? DOJ and he's working for the um the AG. He's working for the attorney the attorney general to like right yeah so they're trying to like actually see like understand the system and he comes in with an eye of like i think it's a it's not a flawless system that it is a problem so he's trying to like sort of put he's the monkey in the wrench kind of thing like he's just the trying bad to figure out yeah and uh or is he or is he because this whole system is supposed to go quote unquote federal, which is like counterintuitive to what they said earlier in the movie, where they show you this map of like all the murders that have been stopped and the map is the entire country. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what, like, what do they mean by going federal when this system has been going throughout the country? Well, already? no, the, anyway. wait, the, the, it's only, it only exists in DC. And so like, for all we know, murders are still happening in like Baltimore, like thirty miles away. But like, but um, the map they show is all over the country. But that's what they the... isn't that what they want? And like the only like oh because like there's only three precogs and the system only exists in DC. They want to like they want and it's to... a look it's a look location thing because yeah. they say like in a thirty mile radius or whatever yeah. like some. Okay. Like there could be people who like murder each other like just outside of DC city limits, but like Baltimore. Yeah, but like they can't see it because they're not at, they're not in DC, but like just like somebody like murdering somebody like right on the city limits like Haha, you can't see this. <laughs> Sorry, you dumb precogs. <laughs> um So that's one of the kind of like plot twists or whatever that the, the Colin Farrell is like trying to like shut down the system because he Mm -hmm. doesn't believe in it and he's like pulls out these like philosophical questions out of his ass a couple times where he's like well but are they really criminals if they haven't committed the crime yet like which is like i think that's the movie's way because i'm pretty sure the book so this movie is from a book it's Mm -hmm. a short story and i think because it's a short story, it didn't have all the fluff that the Hollywood movie had. But the main sort of like moral of the book is this idea that like, are you, I don't know, like, I think it's trying, the book was probably, I, I didn't read it, but I'm assuming it's it was more famous because it had more of that sense in it of like, trying to question this idea of like, stopping crime before it happens. Yeah. Then are you really like is the person still a criminal if they haven't technically done anything yeah, yet. Yeah, they did, they did a story like this in Marvel recently called, it was Civil War Two, where um, they found an inhuman who could, like, predict violent criminals and, and violent mutants or, you know, violent whatever, augmented people, and 
it was like this thing where, you know, in the previous Civil War, Tony Stark, Iron Man was very much on the side of, if we can stop something from happening, we have to stop it. And then in this one, he becomes more like, I saw the error of my ways, and we're we're judging people on stuff they haven't done yet. And then Carol Danvers, who was very much on the side of, well, this is the way that we can stop crime or stop things from happening to, to Earth. And so they, I think they told that story. I mean, they had, you know, 20 issues of a comic book to be able to tell this versus like one two-hour movie. But I think they sort of portrayed that sort of struggle of like, you know, is it is it moral to stop somebody from stopping a crime based on the information you're getting from this thing, mm-hmm. even though they haven't technically perpetrated the crime yet? Right. And they get around to it eventually in this movie, but the sort of moral thing that they they, they don't really present that as like a uh, uh, overarching structure of the movie. It's more like somebody frames Tom Cruise for a future murder. Mm-hmm. and the rest most like the majority of the movie is him on the run from his other pre-cops right um and he's constantly trying to figure out who set him up and you know who's the and like the i think that one of the flaws of this movie it's i i enjoyed it a lot but one of the flaws of this movie is sort of the up and down nature of colin farrell's character to kind of lead you to believe that it's him mm-hmm. and so like Early in the movie, when he when Tom Cruise, you know, thinks he's being set up, he like grabs Colin Farrell. He's like, "You're setting me up, aren't you?" And Colin Farrell's not like, "Whoa, dude!" You know, like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, "You know, better get on there." You know, he's like, "Man," he says something smartass, and it's like, "Okay, he's the fucking bad guy." Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, somebody else is pulling the strings. But at no point during that time where he's like, "You're setting me up." What is this whole thing? Does does Colin Farrell, who ends up being a a just and fair person in the movie, doesn't go like, whoa, dude, relax. Like, I didn't, you know, like, what are we talking about? What do you mean set up? You know, he's like, he's just like, fuck you, dude. You know, like, you, you, so you're like, yeah, he's so he's very, yeah, he plays. I mean, Colin Farrell comes into this movie as a douche. Yeah. Like, he tries to outsmart people and uh, it's sort of this, like, it's definitely like who's got the big dick in the room vibe between Tom Cruise and and uh, Farrell. Um, but then halfway and- through, but then halfway through the movie, he like when when we start to figure out that it's not Colin Farrell, he starts to like warm up, and now he's like, I don't think I don't think Tom Cruise is guilty. You know, like I need to get to the bottom of this, and like. <laughs> You know, he's like talking to other people. He's like, I think he's really innocent, guys. What do you, you know, like, like he's the one who's like now like the nice one. And it's like, I think yeah. like that, that sort of that bait and switch, it doesn't really work very well in the movie just because like they set him up as this like aggressive, you know, right. He's like a dickhead where he's just like, fuck ever, you know, like, fuck mm-hmm. you, dude. Don't talk to me. Blah, 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 blah. And then like, he's then it's like, you know what? This Tom Cruise guy might be pretty all right, <laughs> you know, like, and so. When the turn happens, and I'm sorry to jump ahead, Mm-mm. and he figures out who the real bad guy is, which is um, Max von Sydow, who's uh, Tom Cruise's like uh, mentor in this pre right. He's he basically created pre well, so he co-created precog with the lady that found that like it was sort of like this woman knew the precog people, so mm-hmm. the three precogs, and then this guy the 
the he's like the president of this company or whatever that created the whole system Mm -hmm. uh and yes he turns out to be the bad guy because what i was gonna say is while while you're getting the colin feral situation where you think oh he's gonna be the bad guy of the movie he's gonna like get at tom cruise or like try to dismantle the system or things like that at the same time tom cruise is surprised to realize that one of the precogs agatha she like grabs him in the pool and she starts screaming and she sort of sort of catches his attention towards this particular crime or her one of her memories which gets tom cruise curious and so he goes down the rabbit hole of trying to know why agatha was bring him to this particular memory which is what triggers the the boss the the president of the company who is his mentor and friend they're like really close to like create this huge like story and frame him for a murder for a future murder he hasn't committed yet but will according to their system uh and so yes most of the movie is tom cruise chasing being chased by cops through car like self-driven cars or jetpacks and vomiting sticks um (laughs) through like whatever crazy things that happen and the second half is him also running with Agatha in his arms Mm -hmm. and she's like freaked out of the world because she's been in a fucking milk pool her whole life Um, and he in his journey to escape the uh, being like committed for a crime which for a man he doesn't know yet so he's like trying to unsolve like six mysteries at once like why is the the murder that Agatha brought his attention to like why is this like why does she keep talking about this he's trying to solve that and at the same time he's trying to figure out why like who's the guy that he's supposed to murder mm-hmm. because he did, he's not he doesn't know who it is and is not planning on murdering anybody but it's also a red ball which is supposed to be a um a a predetermined murder or whatever mm-hmm. anyway it's a real simple plot that i'm it's a real doing simple good plot. job at they, so like right. I, I will one of the um more un- unsatisfying things about this movie is the so he has become like a drug addict he's separated from his wife because their son was kidnapped when he mm-hmm. was like at a public pool and somebody took his son while he wasn't looking. And so the the person that he's set up to murder, they make it seem like he kidnapped their son. And mm-hmm. so Tom Cruise would have killed him out of like, you know, revenge for his son. And then you find out that this guy is also being, he's a patsy. Like he was paid to do this. And, you know, Max von Sydow would have set up his family for life if he had, you know, if Tom Cruise had killed him. And so... But you never get any sort of closure on what actually happened to their son. Like, there's no, like, resolution of, like, oh, actually, you know, in order to get this, to orchestrate all of this, like, Max von Sydow's character, like, kidnapped their son. And, you know, like, now he's living in, you know, 
Ohio or something like it's it is left as this like Tom Cruise thinks he founds found the person who killed his son and then he finds out he didn't kill his son and then the next thing you hear about it is yeah our son's dead and it's just like okay like you can reasonably right. you can reasonably assume that but he's just sort of, he says with such clarity of like yeah our kid's dead and you know like at the at the end of the movie you know uh he he re- reconciles with his wife and she's pregnant at the end of the movie but there's no like actual resolution of what happened to their son right and and they also seem to hint at different things throughout so it's not only do you not get an answer but you get kind of different stories about it because you get these flashbacks uh from tom cruise that so you, you basically you understand that they went to a public place which was a public pool and his son disappeared mm-hmm. like that's the only thing you know for sure that happened um but they do like he talks about like oh i've always envisioned like if i saw him in the street would i recognize him like now that he's an adult so he's like part of him is thinking he could be out there in the world like even if he was kidnapped maybe he's still alive and he has a life now as a grown-up and i have no idea about that or maybe he was murdered which is sort of ex- like they they go down that path because he gets framed for this guy who theoretically would have murdered his son. Mm-hmm. But then the his mentor also at some point says it is a tragedy that precog was invented six months after you lost your son. Mm-hmm. But if precog is only for murder, then is that saying his son was for sure murdered then because precog wouldn't have done shit for a kidnapping right so it's i don't know there's i feel like they haven't really like flush flushed that out at all they were just like he's traumatized and a drug addict and his married marriage is in shambles that's all you need to know like (laughs) um i will say that the 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 overarching thing that i take away from every tom cruise movie is that he is the uh, figurehead of a pretty dangerous cult-like organization. Mm-hmm. However, that man is a fucking great actor, and he is so magnetic on screen. Like every time I see Tom Cruise, I'm just like, God, he is a fucking movie star. Like he's so good on screen. It's a shame that he has devoted his life to, you know, like perpetuating this very you know strange group but man that that guy can act (laughs) i yeah i'm i agree with you i think i honestly after i finished this movie i was like i feel like this was the last movie he made an effort to act i disagree i think he's i he like i i as I just a, feel like every movie he's made after that is the same thing. It's like, yeah. I'm Jack Reacher. I'm John Bauer. I'm whatever, like the American dude. To like, I don't know. Like, there's not that much range versus like beforehand. He did stuff like Born on the Fourth of July. Oh, sure, like, sure, sure. And yeah. Like and like stuff that's like really different and yeah. not all the same like he's, action thing. He's found so sure his... he's good at like the thing that he does now, but mm-hmm. I feel like. Minority Report was like the last thing that there's like more depth to her character and that he like I don't know the whole like 
addiction to drug i feel like that's not really a thing he does in his new it's in like after this in like this century movies i don't know but i haven't seen everything he's made i just feel like the last like mission impossible movies and like whatever else he's been doing it's like fun liza yes do not cast dispersions <laughs> on one of our greatest franchises the mission impossible <laughs> movies are so terrific but anyways go they're, okay what i'm saying is they're fun to watch i'm not saying them they're, they're like they're very like hollywood and entertaining and like crazy bananas like he would have died two minutes in the movie if it was a real person but he, he almost has keeps on tumbling the, 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 tom cruise the actor has almost died doing these movies multiple times it's very dangerous but it, it's not whatever we can move on it's just fine, fine i feel like there was more like the character itself and him like being committed to portraying a different type of person but i feel like that was the last time he's done that successfully in my opinion but that's fair if you <laughs> if you want that wrong opinion that's fair <laughs> um yeah and then we didn't really talk about the whole precog situation so the idea was that with that is that the he finds out somehow that's not something that's explained to the like main agents that work and depend on these folks that's kind of fucked up and weird that these three precog human beings are actual human beings that were born from parents that struggled with addiction and so they were part of like this this study on the effect of or like not so much the effect of drugs on and it's like a new drug they like call it it's like a weird combo like neo meth or some shit like it has like a combo name um but it's basically pulling from the idea of like that is in real life like folks that are born from people with addiction and and have like biological and physiological issues because of that but the these particular folks are born and grow up with having dreams and then they find out that those dreams are uh predicting reality they're only about crime which is weird um and so he he meets this woman who's like a biologist now like she makes these crazy plants that like attack everyone and kill people uh or at least try to kill him when he trespasses her property by the way she's the one that explains the name of the the drug is uh neuroin here we go neuro it's like like heroin heroin. but not yeah (laughs) yeah um and yeah so she explains that she was there taking quote-unquote taking care of the kids like studying the children that had issues um and most of them died and like it's like the horse horrible tragedy story that she tells and how they realize that those three were connected and, and if they like stay around each other they can have the same or they all have the same dreams i don't know that part is kind of weird mm-hmm. um like could you split them up and then they could 
cover murders for different areas around them, but that it sounds like they're stronger together because they also explain that like there's twin men and then a woman, but the woman is stronger, more efficient, more accurate. They make it seem like the two boys are woefully inefficient at their job and the only reason that they succeeded at anything is because of Agatha like that's how mm-hmm. it's kind of presented the movie because like once he takes Agatha they shut the whole thing down because like yeah there's just... no there's no predicting of murders at all while he kidnaps Aunt Agatha because she's the she's like the the I like the talented one is what they keep saying or something like that right she's the one that kind of holds the whole thing together so essentially it seems like the other two are dead weight and like they're sort of like, I don't know, like are they there because three looks better than one? Like, I don't know what the, right. why do they keep them around then? Exactly. And like, I mean, I know just to make themselves feel better. I guess I know why. And the whole thing is that they like, you know, the whole thing is that Max von Sydow commits this murder of Agatha's mother and the, he uses the 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 vision that the two brothers have of this other person doing it to cover up for the fact that he did it and the only person who could see that was Agatha and so they have these three Agatha is the only one who has the vision of the true murder while the other two are like have this vision of another person doing it so like that's technically why there's the three of them because Max von Sydow wanted to get away with a murder and the only way to do that was to have these other two that had an inaccurate vision stay around, I guess. Right. For the plot of the movie. I think for the system, they the idea is to also like build credibility into the system. Like All three of them have the same predictions and therefore the system works. Sure. It's like their like, security net or something like that. Um, which then explains the whole title of the movie Mm -hmm. minority report where they sometimes although they all see the same event one of them which sounds like most of the time it's going to be agatha will see it will see it slightly different or we'll see a different version um and they will also sometimes re-see things that have been stopped Mm -hmm. so there's like the echo or whatever and like you explained then the bad guy uses those flaws into the system that they've like hyper controlled to get away with murder. Yeah. 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 Just kind of smart. Yeah. That's like, I think the probably like what makes this movie good and popular and why I liked it when I saw it 1 million times when I was a teenager is it feels very like thought through and really like methodical and smart. Like it makes the villain look like, wow, he really like thought of everything until the angel Tom Cruise bestows upon us the truth sure. um, because he just was too curious or something. So why, when did you come across this movie? And I guess you just explained sort of why you liked it, which is that it's sort of a well thought out smart ish plot um (laughs) what why did you what like what when did you come across it and why um i don't remember how i came across it honestly i think it was just like you know you grew up hearing about movies and everybody around you is like oh you have to have you have to see it because like 
I wouldn't have seen it when I was a child because like when it came out I would have been you know I would have been really little so a kid um yeah 11 years old so I I don't think I saw it when he came out but I think maybe it just like was popular when he came out it did quite well so I think I just kept hearing about it and then later on watched it on tv i feel like they would watch they would play it on tv in france like on a regular basis mm. like, at least i don't know once or twice a year prime time or something um and then and it's like sci-fi in the future so like my mom is a sucker for that stuff so sure. I, there's a chance also we might have bought the dvd or something so then i would re-watch it regularly um yeah, I think it's a mix of things. I think it's because it's sci-fi futuristic crime. It's catchy, right? Like there's mystery. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, it is trying to be smart. Uh, now watching it 10 years or, you know, 10 years since I last saw it. Uh, but now 20, almost 20 years later. It's like, I don't know if I've just like watched too much hollywood now and i see like the flaw you know the like minutia detail flaws about mm-hmm. it or like i do feel like now it's very like 2002 of them to pack so much in two and a half hours it mm-hmm. does go pretty fast for how long the movie is but i feel like they just pack in a lot yeah a lot happens in the movie and and like with retrospect with yeah uh, what is Colin Farrell useful in this movie technically like because the main plots could still happen without him there like the mm-hmm. the, the bad guy murdering someone and then getting in getting away with it has nothing to do with Colin Farrell it's his, his entire... Agatha like catching the attention of Tom Cruise Tom Cruise's drama about his family and losing his child all that happens without Colin Farrell he's his entire existence is to be the red herring is to be like you Mm -hmm. think he's the villain he's the one setting him up and then it you know and then when it turns and he's like he's a cool guy Uh, what do you think max von sido and he's like i'm gonna shoot you tom cruise's gun you're dead yeah Um, is like it's just to kind of like give you the surprise of oh he's the bad guy even though like no i agree yeah um he's totally that i also think he like i said earlier i think he brings the like philosophical themes of the movie that otherwise may have not been brought up like like more to the forefront like not so much like like the viewer the viewer can still think about like oh is it still crime if the person hasn't committed it or like is it like fair and ethical to use these human beings i doubt they're paid to be like sloshed in maxi milk they're not yeah they're like they're not getting up out of the milk and then collecting a paycheck as they walk out the door and going back to their apartments. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, I doubt. I doubt. Like fucking DCPD is paying for benefits for them. Like you know, it's just like not. That's not. So like, the viewer can still have those thoughts, but I think having Colin Farrell there on top of being the red herring is to sort of like voice out the problems with the system. It's just. Um, it's too bad that he's. You're right. Like the only person sort of voicing the moral implications of this but also presenting mm-hmm. him as like the person who's getting in the way of the movie working or like 
right. our hero, Tom Cruise. Like, we like him. Why are you getting in his way? Why are you being so mean to him? But also being the person who's like, this is pretty fucked up, too, you guys. Yeah. Like, you know, are you seeing what's going on here? Like, this kind of sucks. And But also, like, fuck you, Tom Cruise, you piece of shit. And it's like, right. oh, we don't want, I don't actually kind of like him. Like, you know, <laughs> like you would think, like, oh, he's actually breaking up good points. But also, like, man, this guy's kind of a fucking jerk. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. It's like the, you're forced to not like Colin Fer- Fer- Farrell, even though he's technically bringing up like valid points. Like mm. also like the fact that, hey, this guy lost his child and never went to therapy. Why is he in charge of other people's it's, lives? It's, like, I mean, this movie was made in 2002 when therapy was not in vogue. So there's no <laughs> chance he turned you turn to drugs before you turn to therapy. Um. So Liza if you had to give this movie a rating out of five red lotto balls with your name on them, uh, what would you, how many red lotto balls would you give minority report? Hmm. That's a great question. I think if you had to ask me 10 years ago, I would have probably given it five, five out of five. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays watching it again with my critical eye, um <laughs> hashtag trademark i don't know <laughs> uh i don't think you can trademark something through a hashtag but <laughs> give it a try we'll see do i sound like i'm 180 years old yes i do um i think i'm gonna give it mm. okay i want to give it a three and a half but okay. I'm actually going to give it a four for this particular line that's said by, uh, I think it's said by Colin Farrell. Now I forget, but it's careful, chief. You dig up the past, all you get is dirty. Whoa. (laughs) I think that line was pretty funny. Maybe it's done by the gross surgeon guy. I can't remember now, but I really like that line and I mm. wrote it down. Um, so because of that line, I'm going to give it a four out okay. of five. Okay. Even though I've poked so many holes into the story. It's we, still we, fun to watch. We can we can criticize the things we love, Liza. That's why we love them. <laughs> uh, how about you, Andrew? How many red crime balls? I would think you give it? I would give it the aforementioned three and a half mm-hmm. red crime balls. Um, this is the first movie that I've seen Colin Farrell in since I heard about his sex tape. Um, oh. So it's, uh, and there's a very, depending on <laughs> how you think of celebrity sex tapes, it's a very funny, famous line from it that's very disgusting. And so I mm-hmm. think of a different gross line about uh, Colin Farrell. <laughs> Uh, whenever I see him. So it was um, interesting. I haven't seen the sex tape, but having heard about it, um, it's it's interesting to now see him acting and thinking about the line that he says in that sex tape, which I won't repeat on air. But um, mm. it's a fun action movie. Again, Tom Cruise is such a... I, I get it with him. Like there's, you know, w- there's certain people where like, I just can't look past the dumb things that they do in real life. And, but like with him, I just like, I forget it all when he's on screen. I'm just like, Oh gosh, he's a good actor. And when he's like 
running around with a blindfold on and he's like running through that apartment and like mm-hmm. I'm just like god he's so good at this stuff that I do sort of forget that he's kind of a dirtbag in real life but um yeah it's 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 fun it is long two and a half hours mm-hmm. is long um and I think like there's a lot of there's maybe too much like they he gets to a place he settles there for a few minutes and then the cops show up and he escapes there's a, maybe like two like one or two too many set pieces of that yeah um but overall yeah three and a half out of five for me how did you like the the whole like eye surgery part i mean they didn't show too much of it which i was really glad for because oh, i feel like they showed too much of oh, it i was like, expecting i was expect because they didn't show like eye extraction or like right. you know whatever like so i was i was expecting worse so i think that's why i probably didn't mind it as much i remember that scene being traumatizing but then watching it again i was like i'm having a worse time watching it now oh. than i did 10 years ago <laughs> like i they, they set the the nastiness of the locale and of the surgeon and his wife so well like mm-hmm. you can like i don't know visually like you get all your senses sort of like tickled about like how disgusting this place is and they're about to remove his eyeballs and mm-hmm. replace them with other people's eyeballs and i i like i was in awe of how well they like could make me feel the feels i had mm-hmm. For like something fake that's happening on my screen, yeah. Thirty years from now, like that, what? But yeah, I, I, I think I wrote something like, "Eye surgery is nasty." How do they do it though? Like, how do they do it? <laughs> like, like is that even a thing? Can you even do that? Is yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you were not as horrified as I was. <laughs> no, it could have been. It could have been very gross. You're absolutely right, and it was not as disgusting as I was hoping for it to be. But it's still <laughs> eye stuff, which is very gross to me. Yeah. Regardless, um, Liza, are you ready for the surprise prize? I think so. You better be, because Fernando's Ooh. here. Fernando. Hi, Fernando. So, Liza, Minority Mm -hmm. Report came out in 2002. Uh Uh-huh. It made the top 10 highest grossing films of 2002 that year. I'm not surprised. What say you about the worldwide gross in which it made, um, and what, how did it rank in the top 10? You're talking about other movies? Like where where in the top 10 did it fall? Oh. Minority Report. And how much money do you think it made worldwide? Oh, God. I'm really bad at that stuff. Um, ranking out of 10. I don't even know what else came out in 2002. But it's Spielberg. Mm. All right. I'm going to give it number 
out of ten. Oh no! Was it number one? Number one was the Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Oh shit! That was the same year. Number Yikes. two was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Oh wow! This, uh, and it's not even the good one. <laughs> truly, truly, Minority Report went up against Juggernauts this year. Number three was Spider Man. Oh. Number four was Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Oh my god, that's a lot of huge movies and like series movies. I mm-hmm. guess early two thousands yeah. all up about series. Yeah. Number five was Men in Black Two. Wow. Number six. Oh, what? How much money do you think the movie made before we? get into uh oh god if if they're did oh god uh i'm really bad at that stuff i don't understand money like hollywood money um three million dollars three million that dollars <laughs> that's not a lot that would be an abject like it would be a stunning Okay. <laughs> failure if this movie made three million dollars. Okay. Uh all right. I love it. Let me redo my answer. Um I was like, oh, she's I'm she's so pretty- bad at this. I have no I'm like, but three million dollars I would do a lot with three million. Yeah, I agreed. It's a lot of money, <laughs> but for like a huge budget movie, like there's no way that it cost three million dollars. Like <laughs> Okay. Um just to be just to, for uh for reference, the movie cost a hundred and two million to make. Oh god. Uh then I'm really far off. Uh nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> it's closer. I have no it's, idea. I'm it's closer so than three. Uh <laughs> actually, is it no, it's not closer than three. Um the movie made three hundred and fifty-eight million three hundred and seventy-two thousand nine hundred and twenty-six dollars. So it Worldwide. tripled its yeah, the cash. Tripled its out. budge. Um wow. so Die Another Day was number six, the James Bond movie. The last Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie. Mm. Number seven was Signs. The oh M. My Night God. M. Night Shyamalan. Ice Age at number eight. Oh. My Big Vet Greek Wedding at number nine, and at number ten, Minority Report. Two thousand two was a huge year. It certainly was. <laughs> was really big like i've seen all those movies well mm-hmm. there's a previous brosman one i think also like the the stuff that didn't crack the top 10 like chicago came out that year yeah those are huge still um steven spielberg also did catch me if you can that year <laughs> so like oh my god gangs of new york came out that year about schmidt like there's a lot of like big movies that did not even break the top 10 isn't Gigs in New York also Spielberg? Uh, no, it's oh okay. It's Scorsese. Is productive. Scorsese. Um, of course, it is Scorsage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the kind of person you take to the prom, you give them a Scorsage. Um, <laughs> so Liza, good job. Good, thanks. Good job I on picking the Failed <laughs> terribly at this question. Um, and oh, I forgot to say that in the movie, as a child, you know the ad that gets like pulled up when he's about to quote unquote kill Leo Crow mm-hmm. 
when they see the vision, they think there's a third person in the room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when it actually happens, that it's an ad, like a giant, like tabloid or um, billboard ad that's being moved around the city and comes next to the window. That ad, I always saw that the child that he was Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. And and then when I got to high school, I was like, I don't think it would be Ben Affleck because he's famous. So why would they put him? Like, why would he not be in the movie, but just a photo of him mm-hmm. in the movie is weird. And then I watched it this weekend and I'm like, I still think it looks like Ben Affleck. <laughs> like, I, I proved me wrong. Also, did you, uh, did you see Tom Cruise's cousin in this movie? No. Ethan There's from, another- Ethan from Lost. Oh, the that's guy, his cousin? He works at the hotel. He's like the yeah. hotel clerk who is like, what room is he <laughs> in? That's the other cousins. I had no idea they were... I recognize him from Lost I because I, like, pushed Brian down the... Uh, Off the couch. Couch. Through, the, I was through like, the front door. It's other, other, <laughs> Ethan. Yeah. He's their cousins, so... He got I had his, no idea they were yeah, cousins. Yeah, that fucking lunatic got his family in the movie, got his family paid. Ew. Ew. Nepotism. Um, anyways. No, he doesn't even talk to his family anymore because... <laughs> Scientology sucks. Mm-hmm. Speaking of getting paid, <laughs> Liza, I think people out there should subscribe to our Patreon page and uh, get wow. bonus episodes of Throwback to School as well as bonus episodes of The Gentleman Overlords. And you can get everything on the Patreon for just five buckaroos a wow. month. Five buckaroos a month? A month. That's it. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Breezy, beautiful. And then follow us on our social meds instagram.com slash throwback to school facebook.com slash throwback to school and twitter.com slash tbt school yes follow us and uh we'll see you tomorrow we'll see you tomorrow babies bye bye bye